You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, a new podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. I am Jake Schwink, and I am joined by another great Packer fan and draft enthusiast, Mason Thompson. How are you doing, man? This is the inaugural show. We are kicking things off just under four weeks until uh, the big night and weekend. Uh, I'm doing really well. I appreciate you for kind of having me as your co-host. It was kind of a quick very quick process of Thursday. Hey, you want to do this podcast? They're co-hosts with me. And then now it's Sunday and we're already recording. So it's kind of been a quick process. Really excited that it's finally April, just a few weeks away from the draft. And uh, I couldn't be more happy. Yeah, I agree. I, I it is, it is like a, it is like Christmas. It, it, Christmas season is a thing. Draft season is a thing. When you get to April, it, that's certainly how we feel about it. And with four shows until the draft starts, you guys are going to get a ton in these in these podcasts, I promise you. So first up, we're going to do here is we're going to kind of go through just the top 10 and how we kind of think it shakes out. We'll kind of give our picks and some thoughts. But the first thing, Mason, when I when I look at this for, for a top 10, Jacksonville is going to dictate everything. If they go chalk at the first pick, it could send things into haywire. But I think if they go with and, and the chalk pick, of course, everybody is Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan, who I think is talented, technical, high floor type player, who's again an eight, 10, maybe 12 sack guy. If they go Trayvon Walker at the top, which would which would shock a lot of people, even though you know, Brugler and Jeremiah and all these guys are on this, is like this guy's going top seven. Like, do not be surprised at all. But if they go Walker Mason, I feel like everything just kind of falls into place very smooth. So we're probably not going to get that on draft night, are we? Yeah, no. I think it's going to be Hutchinson. It'd be a lot simpler if it is um, uh, Walker at the first pick because then Detroit can take Hutchinson and then everything kind of just falls into place. 100%. But unfortunately, if they do take Hutchinson at one, it kind of throws in a curveball even at number two It's from what it sounded like. Yeah, and if we say – we're going to say Hutchinson goes first. But to just bring it back really quick, if, if Walker would go first – like Mason said, everything falls into place. Hutchinson would go two. I think you have Thibodeau potentially the pick at three, or they go offensive line. It sounds like the Hamilton fall is a real thing. So I, even though the Texans could definitely use a guy like Kyle Hamilton in that secondary after losing Justin Reed, that's a heck of a replacement and an upgrade uh, in most of our eyes. They would probably go Thibodeau or, or probably a Quanu is my guess. I think it sounds like at least for these top teams, Aquanu is, is the top guy. Then it gets the jets in an interesting situation at four. If they go Aquanu, it's like, maybe it's Thibodeau then, or it's Gardner. I don't know if they Mason. do you think the jets? So if we're doing this and we're going to go, you know, Walker Hutchinson, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Aquanu. let's go Aquanu. 
even though it sounds like, again, there's so much conflicting. John McClain has talked about they want to do trenches. So maybe, yeah. Mason, do you think it's, do you think it's Thibodeau or it's Thibodeau or Walker or how do, how do things go? Like, is, is not Walker? Is, is it Thibodeau or is it going to be Aquana? If we're going by the Walker Hutchinson model, I think it will be Aquano. Okay. I honestly, I could go either way for what I would choose for Houston. I think it has to be anywhere on the trenches for them, though. You have to build through the trenches. Uh, I think if you take Thibodeau at three, you would have to switch the offensive line at 13. So it kind of throws in a curveball anyway. Like the first three picks, I have no idea what's happening. It's the most uh, confusing circumstances right now. I think we've seen it since like, what, six years since I've been doing this. Like we don't know who's really going number one yet. Uh, number two kind of already has a curveball with these Malik Willis rumors right now. Um, it's it's really weird right now. Do you do you think the Malik Willis thing at two is real? I I struggle to think so. I think it's really it's truly Detroit saying, "Listen, you may want to get this guy at two. Come up and get him." That's like that's where my sentiment is. They could shock us and take Willis. I guess it probably wouldn't be shocking at this point, depending on where the the Vegas odds are are leaning towards this more and more now. But do you think it's a shock or do you think this is a ploy to, to do this? Because we've seen teams do this before. Yeah, I think it's a ploy mostly for Carolina as of right now. But I think they might like getting – we'll get there later. But they, I think they like one of the other quarterbacks more right now. But when you kind of look at – I was thinking about this this morning – was Malik Willis had a horrific offensive line at Liberty. And if you look at Detroit, look at what they built up the most. That was something I didn't think about before, and it's kind of – I can see it a little bit, but I would not take Willis at two if I was Detroit. I think it has to be – I think the top two are set between either Hutchinson or uh, Walker for the first two teams. Uh, maybe there is a curveball. Maybe KT – all these rumors about KT is just smoke. I have no idea. It's like what I've been saying. It's We have no idea what's going on right now. Yes, but, okay. So let's – so I think the way we're going to do this and we're doing it right now is we're going to play out the first 10 as if, as if Walker's a top pick, and then we'll really quick circle back and talk about if Hutchinson's it. So we're, we're operating now with Walker and Hutchinson as the first two. We both are leaning a Quanu here. I could see them going Thibodeau because if they think, okay, if these like top five ish or top four ish rushers, none of them are going to be there at 13. Yeah. Then, but however, there's only three tackles. Yes. Really at the top. So they have to kind of decide where are we going to, what are we going to do? I think edge rusher looks really nice for them at like what 37, I believe is where they're picking the yes. second round. That looks nice for them. If they want to wait till then there are some talented players that are probably gonna be on the board. So I let's go with Quanu. So what do we think then for, for the jets? Cause all, and if you listen to like stock exchange, you listen to Connor Rogers, who's, you know, obviously tuned in with a lot of the jets guys, like they like a Quanu and Thibodeau might be the guy at, at four, unless it's Sauce Gardner, right? I think it's KT. I think I, I think it was the stock exchange where they uh, Rodgers also said that Salah does not need a top flight corner for his defense to succeed. He likes having his edge rushers, so I think right now it is KT for that pick right there. Um, mm. If there were a dark horse uh, pick, I'm not even saying it's Sauce there. I'm saying it's Garrett Wilson. You think it's oh, at four? Wow. Because... Maybe Atlanta. 
maybe Atlanta yes. at eight. Atlanta. That's what you're thinking. Yes, that's that's fair. That because you've seen it, they've been trying to get a receiver. They were in on Tyreek Hill, so maybe it's Garrett Wilson. If everything goes haywire and Houston picks KT, if they don't, I mean, you can maybe get Cross at ten. Maybe I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's like I've said. You don't know what's going to happen. Draft night gets all yeah. crazy already. But I think it's one of those three for me. It's KT, it's Equanu, or it's maybe even Wilson. No Jermaine Johnson? I'm not 100% sure that there. I don't. Okay. I, I think it's a long shot, but it, I don't know if, it, like we said, there, we have no clue. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like the dude is, is three downs. And he'll be on the field at all times. Like you don't have to worry about yeah. him early down set edge, nothing like that. Like that's something he does really, really well. Like, and we saw the toolbox get better, you know, down the senior bowl. I think he's working on that. He clearly seems like the guy with the mentality, you know, that, to come out and and want to dominate every snap he's out there. So, it, all right. So we'll, we'll say, we'll say Thibodeau at four here in this scenario. So we've got that the Giants. This is Neil then. No, like th- this. Yeah, it, I, it can't be. Yeah. I as much as like I some people like Charles Cross a lot more. Mason, I know you're a little bit lower on Charles Cross, and I that think is, it's fair if they've watched. If you've watched the Ole Miss game, then you understand the limitations with Charles Cross. Sam Williams had. Oh man, he he wrecked him pretty good a few yes. times. The explosiveness gave him some trouble. Like that. That's just how it goes. Like I think his vision's great. I, the vision yeah. is exceptional. It's just he has to not overset. He has to stay within himself a little bit more when he's setting because, again, the explosive guys are either going to try and win around or, or work back inside. So, yeah, I th- I agree with you. I think it's Neil. And what's really nice is play either guy wherever, apparently, because Andrew Thomas has experience at the right, Mason, right? They both do. Yeah. So They both have experience at both. So it's if one is hurt, you can put flop the other one on the other side and put someone else at the other deck. At right tackle, it's yeah, I, it's really I, simple. The Giants are in a great spot, and they they should be really thankful that the Jaguars tagged Cam Robinson, brought in Sheriff, because like they've they've kind of sort of built this line to where like everybody's now moved off of Neil. As at one point they'd moved on Neil as as the top pick. Yeah, Giants are loving this right now because I think we think two edge rushers at least will be off by three picks. Correct. Who they will be, we're not sure yet. Walker's the wild card, but like with three tackles on the board, the Giants are loving this. So they get their guy there. So now we've operated with Walker, Hutchinson, Equanu, Tibbet O'Neill. This is this is Cross or Willis, then, right? Do you, Mesa, do you lean or is there a wild card here for Carolina at six? Are you saying for Carolina? Yeah, Carolina's at six. We've done the top five in this scenario. Is it is it Cross or is it Willis or is it Pickett? I'm going option C. You're going Kenny Pickett at six. Yeah. You think that's the guy? Well, I'm not going Kenny Pickett. Okay. <laughs> I think they go Kenny Pickett. You're if pr- it were predictively a- going Kenny Pickett yes. is, is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. If course, it were me, it's a tackle any day of the week. Yes, 100%. I agree. I think it's Pickett just because they've done all the research. They've The whole entire hand size thing at the pro day where Scott Figueroa went up and he kind of shook his head like, yeah, that'll work. Sure. That'll work. Six overall. Check it in. Oh, that's, that's fun. It was funny. The whole entire story of that role, uh, trying to get him to commit when he was a head coach. It's there's a lot there to kind of say, hey, this might be Kenny Pickett. I can see Malik Willis, but I don't like taking a quarterback this early in this class, but I, I know it's gonna happen. I understand. And 
the the problem is is they I I think at least now Carolina at least the way we're leaning on this they know like okay we made a mistake yes Sam Darnold is is bad we have to accept it we're on the hook for this money and to save their jobs or maybe extend it they have to go young quarterback because that gives them time which by all accounts they're running out of at this point in Carolina so it gives them time to be able to say, okay, we regroup. We've got this guy in the building now. Let us flesh this out and see where we're at. So I, I tend to agree. I think Willis or Pickett makes sense. So we're going to go Pickett here in this right, predictive yeah, okay at six. It, yeah. yeah, I'm good with that. We're going to do another predictive right after it. So then it gets interesting then because now the top three are off, but the Giants, are, they should love this. And I know that a lot of their fans want to double down at offensive line. I don't understand why they feel like they need to do it. Like they, like there's no other good players in this draft for some reason that they can't take like two offensive linemen. I get it. Neil and cross would be exciting because that means you could move cross in at guard. That, that would be wild if they did it. They're not, I, I don't think they're doing that. I think it's Jermaine Johnson or it's, it's Gardner. For me. I think it's sauce because of the whole entire James, James Bradbury trade rumors and everything. Yeah. I think it's at this point, it's sauce. I've heard okay. I saw a lot of reports this morning saying that it's between the two New York teams for Sauce. So I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I would take Sauce here because I think, uh, I think secondary you have, and all that. Mm, yes. I not, think secondary you have. It's yeah. not great. Like I, they hope they're hopeful for McKinney and then they should be hopeful for yes. McKinney. McKinney's a nice player. The corner room doesn't excite me when Bradbury apparently inevitably gets traded. So yeah, I I'm with you with Gardner there, which leaves Atlanta. And so for those keeping along, I'll update you a couple times as we finish, but it's, it's Walker Hutchinson, Aquanu, Thibodeau, Neil Pickett, and Gardner to this point with three picks to go. Like I said, we're going to do a second one where Hutchinson goes first and haywire happens, but <laughs> Atlanta at eight, I, there's two guys no, or is it receiver? I, I there's there's so much disdain with Falcons fans about going receiver, but their room is terrible. Their room is terrible. However, I do think if they really wanted to, they could double down the second round. If they really wanted yes. to and didn't want a quarterback at either of those spots, they could easily double down. Even in the, even in the third round, like like a Romeo Dubs, like a Khalil Shakir, like some of those guys in the third round are going to be nice players. Like you don't have to you don't have to force it. As much as like I get it, wanting an elite number one in there, I think you have your elite number one, believe it or not, at receiver and tight end both. So, do you think it's then if if it's not receiver, it's Johnson or maybe Kyle Hamilton slides stops here? I uh, I could see it being either. Uh, I know there's a lot of Falcons fans like Hunter Thompson on Twitter, uh, Damsky. He really wants Kyle Hamilton, all them. But if honestly, I if I think if they pick, it's Johnson. I agree. But if I were them, I would call Pittsburgh. At this, oh yeah, at this point in the, oh shoot. Okay. I would call Pittsburgh right now. Well, here's the thing. And so they're probably will. You're right. They're probably going to call Pittsburgh at this point because Seattle sitting at nine. Do we want to call Pittsburgh? Are we calling Pittsburgh? I mean, in this either predictive? Pittsburgh or New All Orleans. Right. We're calling Pittsburgh. 
uh, we've decided in this. Wow, it's gone a little haywire in this one, believe it or not. So <laughs> the, the Falcons, are, they're, they're going to call Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to move up here to eight. I was thinking it's maybe possible at 10 in this scenario, but Seattle at nine yes. is the ultimate wild card. So we're going to go with with the trade up. Yeah. Pittsburgh goes to Atlanta spot and gets Belief Willis. Mason, what do you think if, about Pittsburgh doing doing this? Do you think it's the right move? Do you, do you feel like that's a lot to give up to move 12 spots up for in a quarterback class that's got a lot of unknowns? Because that's kind of where I'm leading. I think, like I said earlier about the whole third Detroit taking Willis thing, you have to have a – I mean, he's shown that he can play with a bad offensive line. What's Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh has a bad offensive line. Yeah, it's better uh, than it was better, a couple yeah. months ago, but – It's still not – Not great. Um, no. And they like give I, up a lot to move up 12. Next year's one at up. least. Probably. Maybe like a mid third third or fourth something. What did the, did the Giants get? What did the Giants give up last year to move well, up? Well, I mean, they was didn't it get like a one and a four, right? Second. It was like a one and a four, right? It wasn't a lot. But I do think Atlanta's going to ask for more. This is a team in a full rebuild. Now they've got Mariota playing quarterback. Like we talked about, the receiver room is, is decimated. They've got two good corners. That's good news yeah. in that defense. They, but what would help in this trade back is they're in the twenties again. They they're probably picking up something else on day two in this draft. Would be my guess. And now you can fill out edge. You can fill out receiver. You can do a lot of different things. You can even get your potential heir to Mariota and like Desmond Bitter yeah. or something on day two. Like they they have a lot of options if they move back from from eight. The trade up from Chicago to get Justin Fields last year, it was a nine spot jump up and they gave uh, the Giants a fifth rounder last year and then a fourth rounder this year. Okay. I think it will be more than that. I think think Pittsburgh's going to be aggressive. So I would guess it would be a third or a fourth this year. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. A third might. Yeah. I think it might be even a third. I think there's a good chance. So we we move up there to get Willis. That's it's it's a lot to move, but again, if the Steelers, you feel like the roster's good enough, you still have that second you're hanging on to, like for this year. And you know, we've seen teams be able to hit on day three picks; they're going to have to do it a little bit. But they've got a long time now with Willis to kind of build this up. It's going to be a tough AFC to do so, but <laughs> you know, they're there to win. Like you're not there to just sit back in an AFC and wait 10, 15 years. It's not going to happen. So now Willis goes eight. At nine, Seattle. This is this is this is Jermaine Johnson, then, right? Like this is. Do they do you go Hamilton to pair with Adams? Do you no. reach for a corner? I feel like not because Gardner makes total sense here if he's available at nine, hundred percent. I think, but I think it's, it's or is it Cross? And that's the two on between is Johnson. Oh, yeah, Cross is still there because they don't have any tackles right now. Because Dwayne Brown's gone, Brandon Schultz. That's right. Free, yeah, they're both free agents. So who's their starting tackle here? That's true. I mean, they do have two second rounders, but I think one of those is going to be used on a air to whoever's playing quarterback. Yeah, right. In this scenario, they didn't get their guy. So, um, yeah, let's let's you let's say cross. Let's say cross because I think then it makes it really interesting for the Jets at ten. But I, I maybe not. I think it's it might be pretty clear then, because um, they've taken Thibodeau. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah. say cross. We're saying cross for Seattle. Yeah. Okay. And then the Jets at ten. This is then receiver. They're not gonna. Yeah. They're not going to take Thibodeau and Jermaine Johnson, although that would be a lot of fun, no doubt about it. But they still have Lawson in there. There's other guys, John Franklin yeah. Myers. They got a lot on that line. They got their one guy to, to really build it to being a, a really good line. So it's it's who do you, do you think it's Wilson or London here? Or is it Jamison Williams? I don't think they'll take Williams right now. No. 
now. Okay. Um, if it's a team like somebody moving up, uh, yeah, I could see yeah. it, but not not the not the Jets. I think it'll be Wilson. I think. You think it's Wilson? Because the basketball team thing, if if you know, we we know this. This pack fans, Matt Lafleur's talked about it. <laughs> Could his brother say, "Yeah, we need to build a basketball team. Let's get the basketball player to Moss guys." You have the guy in Davis, who's again the the, the natural route running type, and you've got Elijah Moore, who's got speed and can do you've, a lot of things. You've got Barrios as your number four. Yeah, it's it's a good room if you put the the contested guy in there. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm good with either word. Go I'm going to say I'm going to say London on this one because yeah. we're going to go through a second one here relatively quickly and and kind of work. So this one in the top ten, we have Trayvon Walker first. We have Aiden Hutchinson second. Ikea Kwanu goes third to Houston. The Jets take Kayvon Thibodeau. The Giants get Evan Neal. The Panthers go Kenny Pickett. The Giants with their second go Ahmad Gardner. We have Pittsburgh moving up with Atlanta to select Malik Willis. The Seahawks get Charles Cross and the Jets finish out with Drake London. Now, quickly, we're going to pivot and do it again for you guys under the assumption that Aiden Hutchinson's the first pick. So Aiden Hutchinson's the first pick here. And then it opens a, a little bit of Pandora's box, basically, for Detroit. I don't know what they're going to do here, too. Is it just going to be Walker? Is is the Thibodeau thing just, just utter nonsense and they take him at two? Like, it's probably Walker, no? Mason? I would think it's Walker. Um, right. I don't know about you, but do you think he's worth this first or second round, first or second overall pick? No. Okay. But <laughs> I didn't think Rashawn Gary was worth a top 12 selection. I mean, fair enough. Neither did I. So, we're kind of wrong on that, aren't we? So, yeah, we are. It, it seems that way. Uh, but, but I do think with Gary, he had at least played on the edge. Yes. A little bit more at Michigan. This is where Walker is playing a ton of four eye or either on the tackle, like there, it, it's going to be a transition. Now, does he have the athletic traits to do so? Of course Definitely. he does. We, we saw it. We <laughs> at the combine, it was nuts. Uh, as was every other Georgia defender, but like, it's, <laughs> it's going to take some time. This is, this is the lions and smartly doing so. Cause they have a lot in place. Like this is a two to three year project to build him up into being an elite pass rusher, which honestly where the lions are at, I think they might just be good with that. Yeah, I think they would be. They already they used two day two picks last year on the on their defensive line, anyways, yep. on Uzurike and McNeil. So, I mean, they've put a lot into their offensive line. Now you do the same thing on the opposite of your trenches. Yeah. Well, there we go. We go Hutchinson Walker in this one. Texans is it the same pick at Quano, or should we go with uh, Thibodeau? Shake things up. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, We're shaking things up. Let's take KT here at three for Houston. That's, again, Lovey Smith, I do think, is, and the, and the Houston brass in general, I, I maybe Lovey sold them on building the trenches, and that's what he wanted to do, and he talked about that when the, when they, like, listen, you, you know, you want to be our head coach. Like, this is kind of where we want to go, and he said, yeah, I, I like this. So they build the trenches. They'll be, they could be very active at 13 and 37 to either maybe maneuver around to get a guy. So we're going to go cave on Thibodeau. I like it for Houston. I don't see yeah. any problem with that. Then it gets interesting with the Jets at four. Is it a Kwanu then? I would think so. From all indications, they love this guy. I think it's either a Kwanu or a KT at four. Okay, so this is a Kwanu then with, with KT off the board. Yeah. 
think the Giants pick stays the same with Evan Neal. Yes. Do we want to switch it up? Yeah. Say it's Malik Willis here at six. Question. Let's have let's have the Panthers say Malik Willis at six. Then it opens up a little bit more interesting stuff here. I don't think you're going to see a trade up then really anywhere. I, I think Pickett will then tumble yes. subsequently after this move, probably into the teens. Maybe Pittsburgh is waiting there at 20 and they might get him. Maybe it's New Orleans from all accounts. It sounds like they're interested. So yes. there, we might not see a move up then. I think seven stays the same. Seven probably, yeah. Seven probably stays the same with Gardner. This feels like Neil and Gardner probably gonna. It's probably gonna be mocked, uh, you know, 150 um, times yeah. uh, before now in, in the draft. Atlanta now sticks here at eight, which didn't happen the first time. I think Johnson. I, I think I think I it's think. Jermaine Johnson as well. I I think. I don't know where you're at in the receiver class. And we're going to talk about it in a little yes. bit here, but there might not be an elite one to the tune of Jefferson chase Waddle Smith this year. That's at least where I'm at. I'm not going to grade any of the guys higher than those four. Um, if I can revisionist history, my Justin Jefferson ranking, I mean, I had him as a first, but probably not as high as he should have been. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with Jermaine Johnson. You're going eight Seattle. I think the pick stays the same then clearly with, with Charles cross. Yeah. Then we get interesting at, at at 10 because I think the Jets would have liked to see Jermaine Johnson here. He doesn't get here. They have a Quanu. What's the pick here then for the Jets at 10? Is it receiver again? And we say, oh, I, let's flip it. And I would think so. Unless um, it's Hamilton. Maybe it's Hamilton. I'm not sure. Maybe you could. They're in a good spot to get one of those safeties. Maybe it's Brisker seen in the second round. They are in a really nice spot for that. I think, and they could uh, move up into the 20s yes. if they really want one of Hill yeah. seen Brisk. Yeah. So let's. They've, and they have done it last year. They moved up for ABT. Yeah, they moved up for yeah. a guard. So yeah. they can move up for safety. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. You want to you you flip it? Go with Wilson here? I think it makes total sense. I mean, they're building their room. The yeah. Receivers will flip it from London. Okay. So that see the shake up there a little bit and the two very realistic options here this second one i'll go through it again it's hayden hudson at one trayvon walker at two Kayvon thibodeau goes three to houston icky aquanu goes at four the giants stay the same with evan neal we go malik willis this time for carolina gardner becomes a pick at seven again for the giants we see jermaine johnson go eight to atlanta the seahawks stay the same with cross and then we go wilson instead of london for the jets at 10 i think those are two very realistic ways that the top 10 could pan out I'm going to be very interested in what happens with eight and nine, and we'll probably go through it in a full mock uh, a few shows down the road, but with quarterback, depending on what Carolina does, it'll get really interesting from there. So Mason, what, which one do you think is, is probably more accurate? You think the second one probably lean that way, even though the jets picks feel more jets picks in the first one. Yeah, probably the second one. It's what I think will happen. The first okay. one, it's so much easier though. It's, it is. It's a little more fun too. You get a little move yeah. up action. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So those are two little top 10 mock-ups there. Um, let us know which one is uh, you think is more realistic or, or more fun uh, on draft night. And we are now going to move into talking about the Packers side of things on the draft on this show. And we'll talk about the receiver position and some of our favorite fits at 22 and 28. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> All right, guys. So here we go here. We're going to switch to the Packers side of things uh, in the 2022 NFL draft. We're going to talk about the position that's got on everybody's minds. Of course, in Green Bay is the receiver position. Uh, there are takes upon takes. Twitter is, is has gone crazy with trades and whatnot about who to sign. Mesa, I got to talk. We got to talk quickly about DK Metcalf really quickly and trading for him. The the I don't know why the enthusiasm to trade for Metcalf is just not rubbing off me at all. Like, I get it. He's a talented player, no doubt. But like the idea of trading like a one for Metcalf and then having to pay him. Yeah, that's the that's the other part is this is a this is either a one year rental or you're paying him 20 million a year, which. Do you want to do that at this point? I feel like that just that does not seem like a goody move to me at all. I I don't think it is. I think it was you who I saw this from. Give me Brandon Cooks for the third instead Absolutely. of DK Metcalf for the first plus potentially more. Yeah, uh, I was clamoring for that the trade deadline and it didn't happen. So maybe we'll get that wish here pretty soon. I don't. It seems like if Houston hasn't traded him already, I don't think they would. Yeah, it does seem that way. Unless they unless they surprise us in the first round and take a receiver at 13, then the phones might open. Cause if they think because if Houston thinks, okay, well, you know, oh, London and Wilson are gonna go like eight and ten, but then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Is it possible? Even if they do, maybe do they, is it possible they like, okay, well, you know, we like we like Jamison Williams or, or Chris Olave, who's got a pretty similar body type and does and can win downfield like Cooks can win downfield and is good enough at, at all three levels. They pull the trigger on that. Then I think the phones would open. I think if they were to take one, I think it would be Williams. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to be ready for you don't know how long, but he's 
a phenomenal receiver. He does fit that Brandon type, Brandon Cooks mold. If you do want to ship him off after you take him, get some sort of value for him, get a younger player, cheaper option. I could see it, but I think, I think with what, what we said earlier, I think they go trenches, but they're both their picks. I agree. Yeah. Unless they really like a corner and then the top tackles don't get there. Right. Yeah. If they I, like a top corner, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they surprise us and they take sauce. Who knows? Maybe we don't know. <laughs> God, we got a ways to go. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the Packers and the receiver position, in the draft and, and maybe just go through some fits. We like on like day one, day two, day three, and we'll kind of go through a few names and, and talk about a few. I think for Mason for day one, for me, I think it starts. It doesn't start with Olave for me. I think it starts with Traylon Burks being available yes. at 22. Um, if he's there, I, I think they're going to love that just because And I've talked a lot about Traylon Burks as a guy who has all of the physical traits there. The mental side of things must get better at the next level, or he's limited to a Chenault Patterson type of role, which again is fine yeah. in today's league. It's just, you're going to look back and be like, oh, we shouldn't have spent 22 on that probably if that's what he becomes. So like, again, he can eviscerate press. He's strong enough and he's fast enough to do so. He wins downfield fine. It's just like, for me, it's going to be all the mental stuff of moving defenders off, off their spot to work leverage and, and create space for himself when he has to. Uh, are you, could we potentially get him at 28? That's my, that's another thing I want to say, because if you look at it, there's Arizona. I don't think they're taking receiver. No, Dallas, I don't think so either. Dallas just spent a ton on Michael Gallup. Buffalo, maybe. Like, very hard, maybe. Tennessee, you've got a similar player in A.J. Brown. Tampa Bay has so many weapons that they don't need another one. Your only real competition is if Kansas City or Detroit decides to move up. Yeah. That's game at the beginning of the second round. It's possible. Buffalo would be like the wild card. Yes. uh, 100%. If they do that, if Tampa Bay does it... (laughs) The world is angry about it because like they didn't need to do that. But then again, they don't need they don't need to do anything. So like they can do whatever they want, basically, at this at this at this pick. So, yeah, it's it. I I wouldn't rule it out because of the testing is is the reason to not rule it out. But I do think there are teams that, you know, even before the Packers pick like the Eagles, who if they want to build the basketball, you know, team room like that's a possibility, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a really good chance he's available there. At 22? Yeah, I do think so. I think so, too. Um, I, I think it's 22 for him. I, I think yeah, he's I, available there. Yeah, so I think that's that's it starts with him. Now, we talk about the threshold thing with the Packers a lot. And, like, 200 pounds, very good, to maybe at the worst good athlete. Yeah. So does that move you off Burks a little bit that I think is what, like the RAS is like in the 62nd percentile. The spider chart or whatever it is, it does not, the names on that chart are a bit scary, but I think the testing is not what you see when you watch the tape. He's a lot faster on tape. I, I, I've been on the Burks train since like September, honestly. So I, I haven't really moved off of him. Uh, there's been other players that we'll probably get to in a little bit that have kind of moved up 
with this whole entire Burks kind of a slight tumble down the board. Like yeah. TDN has him in the mid thirties now on their draft board when they had him teens the last time I looked at least. So, yeah, it is interesting. Cause I feel like, I feel like sites say don't move players down for this. And then they, yeah. they yeah, end up they doing do. it. So I don't get that sometimes, but yeah, I, I I'm so struggling with this receiver class because there's just like the outcomes are all over the place with some of yes. these top guys that it's like, it drives you nuts. And I said this uh, on a live show last week is like, I wish, I wish Burks had London's ability to ID coverage. Yes. Just any bit of that would be so helpful to me. I'd be like, okay, we're fine. If London had a little bit more explosiveness like Burks, I'd be totally fine. Like it's just, there's missing, there's like key ingredients missing for some of these guys that I just, uh, it, it, it makes me frustrated about the class yeah. a little bit. So especially with London, like the whole jump ball, London, whatever you want to call him, you can't separate as well as you would like as much. So it's, he's for me, the separation question is not short area yeah. or deep because again, he can elevate deep that's yes. fine like if you're deep and you can elevate and you position yourself fine that's fine yeah, like fine. i get it i i understand that he's not going to be burks he's not going to leave guys in the dust it's the digs it's the intermediate stuff where he has to either a be extremely efficient clear space everything has to be technically in place for him to to be that guy of like okay lafleur's got guys running bunch we're running bunch on one side we got backside dig over here that we trusted adam's to win before can you win on this backside dig for us i think the answer is at best maybe right now maybe yeah he is only 20 at this point yeah that's the thing right that's the plus you can develop him in that regard yeah but you don't have that other receiver to kind of take that pressure off 100 percent. so that's why i honestly out of all these receivers right now kind of the only one I'm saying no to in the first right now is kind of London. Okay. And here's the thing. My guess is to London, he's off by this point, right? By 22. I don't imagine he's there. I think, again, when you up and down the list, Eagles, um, even, well, we said we talked about Jets. We talked about Falcons. Yeah, Washington's in play. Even the Saints, maybe. The Saints could be in play for London. The styles don't mesh as well with Thomas, but even even right before the Packers pick at 21, like that feels like absolute floor. Like Patriots. Yeah, would, I think that's no floor. Yeah. Patriots would definitely do that. They've got a young quarterback. He's extremely young. Like, so maybe we're not we're having the discussion about London. He's not even gonna be there. Yeah. We don't know. It's possible, but again, he didn't do testing, which didn't hurt him, right? So there's no like people it, that's kind of left up to mystery and they go to the tape and the tapes tape's good. I it's yeah. good. It's good. There's no doubt about it. Um, I I don't think we need to talk about Wilson in the first, really, because I just feel like he's not. He, the availability for him at 22 just feels no. near impossible. Now, moving up, Goody has done move-ups before. Yeah. And we do have Seattle also, there. Yeah. We do have Seattle, our usual trade partner there. But he is oh. 185 pounds. Yes. Which, by all accounts, would leave him off. Not, yeah. Because... I, it, at the very least, at the very least, it seems from the from the thresholds and the interests that we know of, apparently they were interested in both Justin Jefferson and Rashad Bateman. Those guys were 190 plus. Jefferson, I think, was 194. 
made by the what time. Is- I know Bateman was 192. What was Ayuk? Ayuk's the other one I'm not sure of what he was at. He might have been a little bit smaller, potentially. I don't know. He feels like he's right on that line as well. Yeah, he's – I don't remember what he weighed at. Let me see if I can find it. The, the Brandon Ayuk, all right. But yeah. if they have the interest in these guys, then may, maybe the, it, they'll they'll move for – okay, I got it. 5'11", 205. Hello. 205? That oh, seems... I did not know that Ayuk was 205. That's, that's yeah, I did not wild. either. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ayuk clearly met the threshold then. Yes. All right, perfect. Um, well, so they had interest in all those guys. I'm pretty sure Jefferson was over 190. So it kind of moves me off of this. But Chris Olave, it's right there. It is right there to the point of like, okay, well, it's is it close enough to the line for them? Is it like the, – because, again, he's the favorite right now. There's no doubt about it. He's the favorite in the first round for the Packers to select. It's like everybody's on this train. I mean, it's a fun <sighs> train to be on. It's just a question of, like, is it is it going to happen? Yeah. I know we've talked to Chris a lot. We've had podcasts with Chris. That's Chris's guy. Such Chris is train. like, give me Olave, give me Olave, give me Olave. Yeah. From what it seems like, you saw the report that these Ohio State receivers – are going to go a lot earlier than we expect. So availability might be an issue for Olave as well. 100%. I don't – the Saints give me – I think that's the floor. Guys. Yeah. But but from what I hear from some guys who, who are deep in the Saints stuff from SB Nation and all stuff, it seems to think like that's that's O-line or quarterback. O-line or quarterback, yeah. That's what yeah. it sounds like. It, it makes sense. But I will say for Chris Olave, if he goes at 11 or 12 – I'm not shocked at all. Yeah, no, not shocked not. at all. Cause you have McLaurin as your, as he McLaurin can win at all three levels, but he's great. Intermediate He's great short. You have a lava who can win intermediate deep. Like that's, that's the compliment right there. If the Vikings like are like, okay, feelings old enough. We still don't have our deep that we don't like Amir Smith Marset enough. You know, KJ Osborne's the, the really possession number three type. And we move on from Thielen. Olave's the deep threat and we're taking him at 12. Cause if they don't like, you know, if Gardner's not there and Johnson's not there, like, it's the, the the sentiment is Stingley is like the default pick, but like, yeah, we don't know about that at all. Like he could fall further than we think. We just a lot of it could be the pick there too. And it's really all preference on the cornerback class too for Minnesota. It's yeah. it really depends like receiver and corner. It all just depends on what flavor you want right now. Yep. Um, if a lot were there, yeah. Depending on who, if Burks was on the board, I would rather have Burks. If it's a lot I won't be upset. Yeah. Depending on who's on the board elsewhere, as much as that's probably not what some Packer fans want to hear. If you're Packers, if you're in the Packers room, are you pounding for pounding the table for London or Olave? If if it's between the two of them, Olave. You think Olave? Okay. Yes. I would. I would tend to think they would probably lean London just because of size, right? And he's he's twenty. Yes. That might be the bigger selling point for them, but I do think. Olave going Olave at 22 opens up a lot for you in the second round and third round. And that's kind of like, so do you want to talk about the other two guys who meet the thresholds in the first? Cause I feel like we have to talk about them here. Cause I, they're either moving up from 53 to get one of them. If they fall into day two, if you're thinking of the same guys, it's, it's Christian Watson from North Dakota state and it's George Pickens from Georgia. Those are the two guys I feel like are the threshold meters. Pickens is still young. Yes. 
and and Watson's the big riser of the process, right? Like those are the two guys I think that we have to talk about at least in between, I would say 28 and 53. I don't know if the, these are like surefire first rounders. It sounds like those people would think that it's possible, but these are two guys who meet things that the Packers often look at. So Mason thoughts on Pickens and, and, and Watson. I would prefer Watson. You prefer Burks Watson. Is, if Burks is off the board, give me Watson. Okay. Even if it's at 22. Do you think Watson has wide receiver one potential? Yes. You do? Okay. Yes. I tend to lean no, but I, I guess it's not impossible. I, it's, I, for no. me, it's not probable, but I understand why people are saying, because again, we, we talk about Watson. It's, it's the lower body flexibility that we didn't see in the fall show up at the senior bowl. So like, okay, is that something he's unlocked? Can For me, it's the, it's the hands clapping yeah. that, that's there. And it's not being contested winner through contact winner, despite being six, four and two eleven. that I'm like, okay, that's, and I'm not saying, this is not saying that he can't be an impact receiver. This is like me questioning wide receiver one. I think it'd be very, very good wide receiver two, because he can, again, we talk about the field stretching stuff and I think he's better than, than MBS um, to, to a point, but like that would be a really nice wide receiver two. And if they take him in the first, I, I get it because Listen, at the end of the day, how many wide receiver ones are we really going to have in this class when when we look back in a couple of years? It might be two. It could be none. Yeah, it's none wouldn't shock me. Like I like Garrett Wilson a ton. Yes. But if he good. doesn't he doesn't fix pacing issues and stuff, there's there's stuff with pacing issues with him. I do think he's three phase winner, but like I could easily see him becoming a, a, a Z slot as Devonte Smith has become, even though I think Smith's a wide receiver one still, but London, there are questions there. Could he end up just being a slot guy? Burks, same thing. Could he end up being a slot guy a lot? Like Olave, I feel like his, his ceiling is elite wide receiver too, right? So there, there could be potentially none. We haven't even talked about Jameson Williams, but I don't think he'll be on the 178 on the Packers board seems dicey. Yeah. To me. I feel like they'd yeah. go 211 knowing they have the, enough speed with Watson to say, yeah, we're good with that. I think if they're looking for the more wide receiver one potential, Pickens, but there's also those murmurs of the off-field issues and there everything. Maturity the is a de- that's a deal, Brady. Right? There's yes. definitely that that we've seen it on the field that yes. at least that part. If if it's and, off the field and there's more than yeah. Green Bay typically stays away from that. Yes, 100%. a lot most more often than not. That's why I'm also kind of doing predictive a little bit more. Yeah. Both my opinion. So Watson's kind of that meets all the measurables. Is he going to be a, re- a one? Maybe not. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, just the fast rising of Green Bay. I mean, look at Stokes last year. Yeah. Fast riser from the combine. Yep. Good player. And and we thought was probably pencil in second round. But he, again, with the, with this class, it feels like <laughs> once you get to 20 or even maybe even 15, it's kind of like all bets are off. Yeah. When when round one Philly grades did. shift to round two grades, it's kind of yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, and you mentioned it just now. Philly has three firsts. They'll do whatever. They might do whatever the heck they want at 19. Yeah. There's there's like who's going to be available at 51. So that's, yeah. So if I think, Mason, what we're saying is for the first round, and we'll get to day two and three quick here as well, Burks or Watson, Yes, you'll like the two guys to focus on. Yes. Now when we switch to day two, can I think I it's start? very interesting. Yeah, Mason, why, why don't you start on day two? I know who it is. Why don't you start? Why don't you start? Uh, Alec Pierce yeah, all man. the way. Yeah, it's, 
It's yeah, man. How many times have you seen that Jordy Nelson? Too many. Yeah, <laughs> too many. Point, uh, too many at this point, but whatever. And the worst part is, is it's probably going to be either us or Chicago that takes him. I think Ballard's in as well. I think yeah, Chris Ballard's. I think Chris Ballard's a hundred percent in on that guy. Try, uh, yeah, you yeah, might I, have to move ahead of them. Yeah, I would not be but, upset if it's Indy, but if know, it's, it's Chicago, I'm upset. I get it. Here's what's amazing. This is my favorite thing. We are in a perfect spot to jump teams. And Seattle can be our team to <laughs> lean on. Green Bay can lean on Seattle for this. They want to move up way up to get a receiver. Or the first, like they want to get the top guy or whatever, who they feel they can move up to nine. Like Seattle may just be like, yeah, we'll move back. Sure. Seattle picks twice, twice. before the Colts do. But Chicago picks once before that. Yeah. Chicago's the wild card. I think Chicago. They might take Pickens. They might go Pickens or Watson. Yeah. If Watson tumbles a yeah. little bit into day two, they've got two seconds. They could move up for Watson, even if they like Watson. I, I kind of think right now I'm leaning Alec Pierce at 42 to the Colts. I think that's where he might go. But uh, Pierce, nasty. big dude, big yeah. dude, great release game, dynamic release game for yes. a big guy relative to his side. Like, and then deep threat wins catch point. No nonsense. Get down the field with your nose after the catch. Like Drake London light. Anybody with a little more speed question? A lot more speed. Yeah, but a little, a lot more speed. Hello. Mm. That sounds like it's 100% a Packers guy. We know this. We know this. Is he going to be available at 53? So it's a question mark. My mock simulators say yes. Yeah, the mock <laughs> simulators love him there. And it's like, it's kind of almost, a, they're, they're gifting you. It's draft yeah. season. Everybody gets a gift. And that feels like the gift right now for Packers fans. If you're going through a simulator, it's getting Alec Pierce with 53 or 59. Uh, the other name that keeps coming back to me, and I know he's hurt, but he is 5'11", 195. And by all accounts, Nick Saban has talked about this dude being emotionally mature, an extremely mature guy who sat back behind absolute studs and had a really good year last year. I know overshadowed by a a deep threat in, in Williams, but John Mechie is just like, like just good. Like I feel like he's going to grade higher for me than a couple other guys who are routinely topped him at the position. I'm not saying he's going to be a one. He will not. No, um, but he can be a, a light L-I-T-E version of Chris Olave to where this guy is a technician, understands, you know, oh, I've got I've got inside leverage. Great lean at the top of the route. Hip sync is phenomenal. Like this dude is like a Z slot type who you just like to have hand technique. This gets a little dicey at times. Yes, yeah. I would like to see him make a few more plays outside of his frame than he does, but Hand technique, you can you can correct that. Deontay Johnson is a phenomenal example of it. Like you can correct that, and if he the hands get better, like he, he feels like a, a Rogers guy who would go to because he knows he's going to create space for himself. If it's Watson in the first and Mechie in the second, how happy are you? I I'm pretty pleased. I'm pretty yeah. pleased. If it's Olave Pierce, let's party. Yeah. Let's yes, party. I am part of yeah. Pierce. It's part. Let's party like that. That's what. And that's what I mean. Like if they go Alave, the options open up. Yes. On day two, is. because then they like, okay, can we, we can get size. We can get speed. Like we can do a lot of different things. And that's, what's exciting. If they go Alave, 
I, I do. If they go Burks, then yeah, I, I still think I still think Pierce is on the board. Burks, um, Pierce would be nuts, dude. Burks, and <laughs> Pierce, Pierce would be nuts. Oh, Burks and Pierce would be hello, nasty. hello. Are there any other guys day two besides Mechie and Pierce? Like Sky Moore, maybe. Maybe. I still I think he's a Z. I know some people yeah. are, like trying to pigeonhole him in the slot. That's fine. In the slot, yeah. I still think he like with the hand usage that he he has. He, he's well built. Did really well against Pitt on the perimeter and Pitt's corners. They're they're teach tape type of corners, yes. and he did well. Like the 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 level of competition concerns do not concern me. He played against Michigan. He played against Pitt. I didn't see any struggles. Like that's a possibility. But from everything that's been thrown around there, Chiefs at twenty nine or thirty. Yeah. And again, if they see him, he's a smaller guy. So. Yes. This would have the sky more would have to be like a we we got Burks or we got London yeah. or we got Watson. Let's add something else to the room. But I think he's I, I he's in that 195 range where the athleticism right is good yeah. and he is the hands first off, big hands and and good good hands both. So that's man, that that feels like the rely that feels like the next like cob. Yeah, right there. That's a cob who you can be a little bit more outside, maybe. Take three Randall Cobbs and have them on one team. <laughs> three Randall Cobbs, love that. Any other guys on uh, in the second, maybe the third round? Are you got looking at guys like Khalil Shakir, Romeo Dubs, like anybody like? I was that? looking at Dubs a little bit, but that kind of, it's kind of split on him, honestly, in the community. I feel like he's in terms of where he wins, he feels like Dami Brown again. Yeah, with more was- size. Like I, I, was, I, I like yeah. that, and I like that. Like, hey, win the slant for me, win deep for me. Like, that's a lot of what Brown did. Yes. And that's why I'm kind of – but, again, you know, there's – there's when you're that big and you have a little inconsistency attacking the catch point and looking yeah. to receive the ball a little bit more like that, that's where I'm kind of like, hmm. Round three is a perfect spot for him to be the Packers selection because they don't <laughs> pan out. Uh, <laughs> Just use that three to trade up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, use that. It does three. not work. Do something with the three. Get get two fours. I don't care. Uh, uh, but those those are the guys I'm leaning. Shakir, I just feel like again is, I don't know. He feels like he should be more overly explosive than he is. Yeah. On film, I feel like he he ran good enough to be like, oh, there's where's the explosion. But he's another guy I think in the in the matchy area of yeah. separates underneath really well and and after the catch contact balance Alvin Kamara like things after the catch yeah. kind of for him. So he'd be a fun player, but if they feel good in the slot, then I might, then I might say they don't, they kind of hang back from that. I mean, if they're fine in the slot then that rules out, unfortunately, Kyle Phillips, which makes yeah, me kind of sad, but it is a sad day. If, if I, I do kind of wonder if they're kind of like, we're okay in the slot. Like, yeah, we can, throw I, we can throw Lazard in there if we want to. We can throw, we still have Cobb. We, Rogers, we're hoping to be a slot offensive yeah. weapon type. Like, they might be okay. But I do think it opens up for some really good guys on day three, and we'll cover them now. Like, the first name on day three, I think that a lot of people, the steam is, is really growing for this guy. Small schooler. It's um, it's the Northern Iowa guys, Iowa Weston. Like that's, I mean, yeah, six four two fifty. It's a very similar build and close to speed version of Christian Watson, but a few rounds later, the measurables are there for him, and uh, the speed wins downfield. Like if they don't get 
if they don't get the MVS fields spacing type, that's then they find on day three potentially right there. Speaking of speed, and we've already had a visit with the Taekwon Thornton too. They have, which to me is so. When I saw Thornton and I got, it saw 180, I thought, oh no, like yeah, there's no way, right? Like the frame's not surviving. Actually, <laughs> he plays pretty well for 180. Does, I was kind of yeah. surprised how much he handles contact and how pretty good blocker too. Like I was pretty surprised. I'm like, this dude's moving people at 180 as a blocker. He has the length to do so, which is, and he uses it well for a track guy. I was, I was pleasantly surprised with the film. Yeah. He's, he might, it's kind of just a combine warrior from what people see. But when you turn on the tape, it's just like, it's, it's, it's more, it's more. Yeah. Very surprised. And I feel like he, and a lot of people I, I will say is we kind of roll through these, Velas Jones Jr. is obviously a guy that we're going to talk about because of special teams and speed and all that. He feels like MVS and like the intermediate routes are, oof, boy. Um, they asked him to like win on ins and and quick even in quick square ins too and deep ins at the Senior Bowl. Like I just feel like he had no clue how to like move defenders yeah. off. He had no was, when defender had inside leverage and he was trying to run that route. He he looked lost. It was rough. Which Very is rough. again throw him on throw him on special teams. Obviously, Green Bay needs yeah. that, so um, <laughs> that's fine, like, on day three. But, like, man, if, if I'm going to get a player like Thornton who can, who I know can ball, like, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I could also see either of the two SMU guys. Yep, I Specifically agree. Robin Robertson a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, I w- yeah, because Gray's, like, what? He's smaller. No. He's small, right? He's, like, oh, yeah, he's 185. Robins- Robertson would be is 190. So, uh, yeah, do they just injuries? He's going to be, he's going to be Robertson 20, specifically. 24. Yeah, he's going to be 24 yeah. in October. Like the, the, the thresholds and age guardrails, obviously. Yeah. They, they, they get stretched a little bit more on, on day three, but like, you know, I, it, it's possible. I, Robertson, if they feel like the injuries are cleared enough and they, they go that direction, that I'd be okay with it. Um, the other guy that we don't – where is he going is the real question. Is David Bell. Like, where – Yeah, like, that's weird, specifically six, after the 40. Listen, dude is young, 21. Yes. Yeah, he ran a 4-6. We kind of knew coming into it he wasn't going to test well. So, like, to double count and put that as double negative, I – the functional athleticism is not great. I, I understand. Yeah. But catches everything. By all accounts, the release is solid. And again, he's just he's tough, and he the buildup speed's not horrible. Like if he third round, if he's there, I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I hate it, but again, if they're athletically looking for other positions, obviously we we're going to talk more than receiver for these guys, but for Green Bay, but like that's a guy I just wanted to bring up. But again, we he could go earlier, and somebody could just work him as a power slot uh there's one other specific guy on day three yeah i think you might know who i'm talking about i think so but bring him up go for it uh ian's guy eric how do you pronounce the last azukanma azukanma something like that six two two ten big dude get up the 40 was it the 40 or what was it that 
was not great at the pro day. That I think it was the shuttles that weren't great, about, right? Yeah. Because he just didn't, he doesn't turn very quickly, which yeah, no. again, we, I, I don't think many expect that, but I, the explosions were good, obviously. And the speed yes. was enough. So yeah, possibly Kevin Austin jr. I think is the other yes. name to bring up. That's Notre Dame six to 200 ran the four fours. I think I haven't gotten to his film yet. I have not though. Um, however, I've heard like Thornton pleasantly surprising. For somebody yeah. who maybe just hasn't really put it all together. And that's something we'll probably be talking about uh, down the road closer um, in a couple weeks. But that's another guy. Any other guys last before we kind of wrap this show up here? Uh, not really, unless you have one, maybe. I don't really have any others. I, I think it's I think it's those three big, tall, speedy guys. I, yes. You brought up as a Kanma. I, I, I really I, I find it hard to to go like a Stearns, a Kyle Phillips route just because they're yeah, they no, the I small don't think guys. Like it'll be, it would be really fun to talk about Bo Melton. Yeah. But like, is he just a slot guy? Like, yeah. is that where he's just going to stick? Like he's very good at it and he's fast and explosive, but like, do they, are they just, I, I feel like they're just not going to give up on Amari Rogers. I don't think they will. They're they shouldn't just give up. Like they shouldn't. The one name I thought of potentially was Makai Polk. That was the last guy I thought yeah, of that's because he's one. young. Yes. And if you can add to one ninety five. He's six three. I know the forty wasn't great. It was like four five nine. I still think the speed's enough to win downfield for him. He's tough. He plays tough for one ninety five. Like I think it's totally possible. And like we said, he's younger, so to develop his game, you know, he's going to be he's going to be twenty one in August. He is twenty. He is twenty. So. I wouldn't rule that out either, but a lot of names to look for, for sure. We, we covered a lot, Mason, for, for a baggers at receiver, because this is a fun position to talk about. Um, so, if yeah, this is – go if for If there's it. one you think they leave with, who is it? If there's one they leave with? If you if you were to name one right now, who they leave with. If it's round one, I don't care what round. What day, what round. So what I'm saying Pierce. I'm saying Pierce. Yeah, I'm saying Pierce. I'm saying Pierce. I think it's – I think – I think what could be really wild is the Packers move back from 28 and maybe take him, yep. or they move up yep. for 53 and take him. But I do think yep. Pierce is a really good chance to end up as a Packers. I, I think one of those first three picks, there's going to be some sort of movement. Yep. Any I, sort of. Oh movement. yeah, that's that. That's we'll I do think a that's Packers. A given. Yeah, we'll do a mock. Like they're going to move. Goody moves. That's just how he goes. So, hope you guys enjoyed this first show of the It's Always Draft Season podcast. Mason and I, we're going to have a lot coming for you guys very very soon. Obviously, we're in the thick of things. But with three shows after this one until the draft, there's going to be a lot of info, a lot of a lot of deep dives on prospects. So just just get ready for that. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, you can follow me at Jake NFL Draft on Twitter. Uh, do a lot of writing with the draft on NFL mocks and and rising draft a little bit more too. Mason, do you want to plug quick before we sign off? Uh, you can find me at Thompson Twenty Two Mason. Thompson is T H O M P S O O N, and I do like Jake a ton of draft stuff. That's kind of pretty much all I'm doing right now is just draft stuff, be it scouting reports, seven round mocks, first team specific, or just two round mocks in general. That's pretty much all I'm doing right now. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed. Like I said, we will be back uh, next Monday for you guys, and uh, enjoy your week. <laughs> <laughs>